This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Homestyle Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm your host as we look back on a difficult week for the Eagles. After the cup success against Southampton last weekend, Tuesday saw Palace give Villa their first home win in 248 days in a 1-0 defeat. Palace's goal problems continued yesterday as Manchester City emphatically dispatched Pardew's men 4-0. We'll be debating the games, the current issues, the transfer window and lots more throughout the show. We'll also be looking at midfielders in our ultimate 25-man squad as a place is up for grabs start to run out and the arguments start to hot up. Uh, Andy Gray is the one we'll be voting on today. <clears throat> Excuse me. So helping me sort out the hyperbole from the reason are Nick Gillard. Hello. Hello indeed. Alex Penge. Hello. Hello. Patrick O'Quanor. Hi there. <laughs> Hello. And I think somewhere at some point we'll have Gel Holyoke but um He'll be back at some point. Well, be back, be joining us at some point. Uh, we also want to hear from you today. You can tweet at HOL Radio with your views or head to holradio.net forward slash contact to email or find the other ways of getting in touch today. And of course, there's also the chat room at holradio.net forward slash chat if you want to join the debate. Uh, and we'll be right back after this short message. Hey, listen up. The transfer window's now open. Join us on Monday the 1st of February from 8 p.m. for our transfer special. You will listen. Capiche? Who the hell is this Patrick O'Quana guy? Where the old Patrick O'Quana? I sound nothing like him. Fucking Brits. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. 
And there we go. So before we get going, talking about the two games with the disappointing results, a couple of other things to catch up on. If you want to get involved in the vote uh, for the Ultimate 25-man squad feature later on, uh, whether to vote Andy Gray to in or bin. Um, of course, he made the centenary team um, in midfield, in centre midfield there, and he's been uh, nominated by the listeners for discussion today. If you want to have cast your vote, go to holradio.net forward slash vote did i say dot net or dot, dot net? net it's whole yeah. as in holes whole radio forward slash vote to vote hopefully that came across nice and clear there <laughs> um you'll also get a chance on that uh on that little form to put your comments about and your memories of andy gray we've got some memories of andy gray that we'll uh, we'll share a bit later on as well <laughs> unfortunately uh where i um yeah well i have some something of a nightmare <clears throat> So, yeah, um, also, there's a few things that have happened. You'll have noticed if you tuned in any time sort of from about 20 to, to 7, we've been playing a lot of Bowie before the, uh, before the start of the show. And obviously, Nick, you were someone who, um, who was just sort of deeply affected by the loss of David Bowie. Of course, we've lost Alan Rickman as well, but I think you want to focus on, on the loss of Bowie. He was, um, was a Beckenham lad as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I was born in Beckenham, Stone Park Hospital, so I felt a bit of an affinity. And he, he, he made a big difference to me growing up because I was a bit weird anyway, and he was somebody I could actually like that I could relate to. Um, and I've, I've grown up with him. My sister's 10 years older than me, and ever since I can remember... David Bowie's been a soundtrack to my life, and I've I've always always played him. I've had groups and groups and artists that I've liked, but David Bowie has stood the test of time. It's just a shame that everything isn't hunky dory at Palace, really, isn't it? Hey, well done. You've even managed to get a pun in there, despite your despite your obvious upset. Um, no, it's a shame. Liberty, one of South London's finest, is, uh, has been lost, but you know, such is such is the way of the world. You know, life uh, life and death are too. Uh, Two peas in a pod, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, apparently he went to one Palace game and didn't like it. Yeah? Yeah, when they were in the uh, old fourth division, so that was a long time ago. Mm. Well, there you go. Um, no, it's a real shame. Um, real, real shame. Uh, but there we go, that's that's what happens. And uh, we were also talking pre-show on a, a bit of a lighter note. Um, I think because obviously Andy Gray being nominated for the... Um, for the Ultimate 25 Man Squad feature. Nick, you raised the question of uh, what other players with colours in their name um, have played for Palace. Uh, we had Stuart Green, of course, Tommy Black. Um, now, Alex, you came up with a few, didn't you? Yeah, I cheated a little bit on one colour, um, but we'll come to that one at the end. Uh, so we looked at Neil Redfern. Yeah, know, that's not bad, not bad. Uh, good player for us. Um, and Florian Orange. Yeah, that is, that is that, cheating. That's, that's cheating a bit there, but... Uh, suggestions uh, are welcome. Yeah, the, uh, the chairman was uh, Spectrum Nodes. Oh, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> so also, uh, Patrick, you had Kenny Brown, didn't you? That was a good one. He right. was on loan from West Ham. Um, David White and Chris White. Yeah, the, that's true. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. David White passed away a couple of years ago, didn't yeah. he? Really? Very, very yeah. sad. Yeah. Mm, bit of a bit of a morose introduction there, but um, not, not surprised. But yeah, if you do think of any other Palace players with colours in their names... Uh, particularly the the sort of the rather sort of tortured puns we're really looking for. Uh, do get in touch, hlradio.net forward slash chat. You can put them in there. You can uh, tweet at hlradio or, of course, you can go to hlradio.net forward slash contact uh, where you can send us an email with those. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's just talk about Villa very, very quickly. I don't want to dwell on either game, to be quite honest with you. There's loads to talk about um, aside from what actually what happened in the matches. So, 
going back to Villa on Tuesday night, I think it's fair to say we all kind of expected us to, to get something, uh, at the very least, from, from who have been the worst team in the league. But as is fairly typical of Palace, I think we've all been Palace fans long enough. We're, we're trying to get the whole typical Palace thing out of our brains, I think, um, in this sort of this new era. But it, it just keeps haunting us. And going to a team that hadn't won at home for 248 days and being the team that fails to fails to score and obviously loses the game as well and in the manner that we did uh, but the performance was poor very very poor came off the back of a, an excellent performance against Southampton where we deserved winners and, and you know could have done could have scored more it was just pretty awful but um let, let's have a general chat about that Patrick uh, the general performance against Villa um disappointing yeah extremely and the thing was you know they always say moments change the game and if Wolf either squares that ball to Sacco and we score or that shot goes in the first and I'm sure we go on to win that game so it was disappointing the other thing obviously was the um the goal we gave up which I guess we'll talk about either now or later but that was also disappointing but just overall just just a very very poor performance coming off what I thought was a good performance against Southampton yeah, it was, and and like you say, we, we will talk about the goal in just a moment because it, it's kind of re- it's relevant to both the games. In fact, the performances of of a few players are, and and moments in the game are relevant to both matches because, like you right. say, Wilf Wilf hits the post early on, and it could have been a very different game, and we had a similar situation in the City game. But yeah. um, stay, staying with Villa at the moment, I I haven't I didn't I haven't got that angry um, watching a game of football. Um, uh, than I than I did for the Villa game for for a long long time. Funnily enough, un- until watching us against Man City, but um, it was uh, you know you don't you don't want to lose perspective in these things because it's very very easy as we've seen on Twitter and on the message boards. It's very very easy to overreact, particularly when you're frustrated. And there's nothing quite more fr- frustrating than watching your team underperform and having to watch it for ninety minutes and you know losing the plot slightly. But um, but it also gets harder to to. You know, to reason, and it also it, it brings the things that we're not doing very much into focus, and that's the transfer window and that kind of stuff. Nick, um, obviously against Villa, I take it you were expecting a result as well. What would you what would you say was probably the most disappointing thing, other than I suppose was it not scoring or was it just the manner we played? It was the fact I spent four hours of my life trying to get Cody to work properly, getting a superb <laughs> picture, seeing <laughs> us do really well in the first thirty seconds, and then be absolutely pony for the rest of the game. And it's I, I hate to say it. It's the uh, it's the Palace way. Sorry, we've got a chat room. Booted Eagle, Eddie McGoldrick. Sorry, had to get that in while it was. Oh, good stuff. McGoldrick. Good stuff. That was uh, Booted Eagle. Um, and it was just it was just poor. It was rubbish. And I feel sorry for that. And anybody that went up there. But having said that, they did pretty well against uh, Leicester City yesterday. Oh yeah. So um, you know, we always seem to catch teams just as they're on, on the turnaround. Or we were responsible for it, one of the two. I, yes. I felt I don't know if you felt the same, Alex. I felt we gave them confidence. I think very early in the yeah. game you could see that their their confidence was very low, but we let them have a yeah. bit too much of the ball. I felt we gave them too much respect, is that fair? Yeah, I think we did. They were growing into the game, weren't they? Um they had a tricky start, you know, we had a few chances at the beginning of the game and then I think they were taking more chances, threatening our back line. Um, you know, I think Dan and Delaney both looked quite tired tired. Um um, you know, at Villa Park, and you know they it came off for them, didn't it? In the end, and a few of our players looked knackered. You know, Sacco didn't exactly set the world alight. I think you know he's obviously slacking match fitness at the moment, and it's something that we maybe lacked yesterday as well. But you know, it was it was inevitable. You know, our record was so good this calendar year. 
um, away from home. So, you know, good things have got to come to, you know, the end. Uh, good things have got, got to come to the end. And so, you know, we, we were just a bit unlucky. But, you know, yesterday, I don't think you could expect much from from uh, us at, at City of Manchester, at the Etihad, because we, well, our record there is terrible. Yeah, that, that's that's true. We haven't won there for a long, long time. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure when we... Did we even score there recently? I can't remember, but... No. Well, we're certainly struggling. We I, got I'm not, in the cup, didn't we? Um, yeah, yeah, that was 5-1, wasn't it? Yeah, good point. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, look, it was difficult, difficult times, it really was. Um, yeah. Just looking into the uh, the tweets in on... Um, <laughs> On the colour players with colours in their surname, sort of cheer ourselves <laughs> up. Warren B has suggested Peter Indigo. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julian Gray's come in from a couple. Warren um, and Will Luck as well, and um, as well as Stuart Green. Warren's also suggesting soon to be Rob Green. Uh, Nav's got in touch. Can we? Can we please discuss the jinx that Patrick has placed on us? <laughs> I'm so not talking to Nav. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's bullying you relentlessly, which is pleasing me greatly. I have to say, I don't like the cyber bullying. It's not nice. No, all right, fair enough. Jill, uh, you're with us. Hello. You all right? No. Yeah, yeah, not too bad considering. Uh, we're just on the Villa game at the moment, as I'm sure you're aware from the wonderful words of, uh, of your fellow panel. Um, so, suspending your sheer fury um, at the Man City game, um, going back to Villa, how just how angry were you? It, it, I, I, you say suspend my fury about the city game. To be honest, it's, it should be it's expected. Now they cost a billion, and we cost I don't know just a few million. Um, we should go up there and get our backsides kicked every time. However, the Villa game, um, I, I think I just put the worlds to rise. I just had to come around M25 for nearly 45 minutes, and I sorted some down, and I've, I've sussed it. Performance related pay. It works in uh, in industry. I think you should work in football. I think you should all start off at sixty grand, and uh, I think the club will be quitting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, if you just said everyone starts off at sixty grand, and if you have a man the match performance, you get seventy grand. If you play like half of that team did at Villa, you get thirty grand. I mean, that's just so poor, so so poor. It was just the greatest stat is, that I saw. It wasn't even a stat about the game. It just said Villa hadn't won for one hundred and eleven days. They're playing Palace. Yeah. I should have said everything that you needed to know about don't go up there, just stay indoors. Stay indoors, we'll just get beat. Sunderland, <laughs> hadn't wait, Sunderland at home. We were rubbish at home. Sunderland hadn't won away for four months or nine months or whatever. Some stupid stat come down to us and beat us 1-0. We are That's... and always have been the team that loves to give when we shouldn't be giving. I said I said that earlier, and again, you you don't like to say the words "typical Palace" because you, you know you get accused of negativity. But it is it's just something that we we seem to do. But I don't know. I, I was saying I, the thing that disappointed me most, and I, is that I can't really put my finger on why we played so poorly. They were obviously up for it. They're in desperate states. You know, they're, they're you know the chances are they're not staying up at all. They can't get enough wins. But you know, they were at a point where it's. Even at Christmas time, just after Christmas, they're absolutely desperate, and maybe that desperation gave them a little bit of a boost, you know. But, make, but, the, but, but we shouldn't is, be letting that happen. The thing is, Nick. Uh, uh, Nick, oh, Chris, the thing is, it. Chris, is is the thing we've seen it with ourselves when we should never have been getting results, and the chances are the first year, you know, we could have gone down. It's just, oh, it's. it's it's underachieving, overachieving. You know, Pulis turned around and said, as much as I hate to mention his name at the moment, you know, he said that he, had, he thought he had a squad that actually overachieved. 
So, you know, it's are, are we now falling to our to our level? I mean, it's proved now that the that the Premier League that anyone can beat anyone. Oh yeah, and form the, form and confidence play a huge part as well, um, and and I, luck on the day, I guess. Yeah, I will know when we've turned the corner when we go to when we go to Arsenal, when we go to the Emirates, and we get a result there. That's that's when we would have turned the corner, big time for me. But but the, but the Villa game, going back to the Villa game, I, I was just I was just disappointed in the, in in some. It just didn't look cohesive, you know. You know, sometimes yeah. you look at a team, and you go, definitely something going on behind the scenes there, definitely. You know, because yeah. you you see it all the time, you know. And you, and, and I, 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 that to me, it seems there's something going on. Mm. I know I know what you mean, and it, I know Patrick's going to jump in in a sec, but it, it kind of harked back to the days. I used to say this a lot on this show. We've been going approaching five years now. I think it's only a couple of days till we've done five years of this. And I remember saying it always used to frustrate me watching us play because we never seemed to string a pass together like like the opposition. You know, I, I was fed up with watching us sort of under hit passes and let ourselves get put under pressure and let ourselves be susceptible to high pressing and that kind of stuff. And we just didn't really. Um, we haven't really been doing that late. We've been actually doing well in possession. We've been an attacking force, but it's kind of lift Balassi out of that team, and all of a sudden, it's it's made us sort of lopsided. There's no real but, balance. But, but last, wait, wait, wait. Last year, when he went to the African Cup of Nations, we were we we stopped a losing streak when he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, but the say, I, I think. I mean, if you think back to that team, it, it is a slight, is a different team, different setup, and um, tactically, we struggle now. Without having that kind of pace and power on both wings. Sorry, Patrick, you've been waiting ages. Go on. No, no. Just going back to what you and Joe were talking about with the same old Palace, I find an interesting comment because we're the same old Palace when we lose, but right after the Sunderland game, he smashed Newcastle 5 1. Newcastle at the time was playing very, very poorly. So, what, why did we win that game then if we're the same old Palace? And I understand your point about Arsenal. We never beat Arsenal, we never beat Man City away. So, I totally understand people getting frustrated about yesterday's uh, result, obviously the Aston Villa result, but it's only convenient to be same on Palace when, it, when that particular type of a jinx happens. But when we beat a team like Newcastle 5-1 at the time, right after going off that 1-0 one one loss to Sunday, it's not same on Palace. So, yeah. And people are saying after the Villa match that, oh, we should, well, we're going to go we'll go to City, we'll get, we'll get some out of City, which we didn't do. I think it has more to do right now with the fact that Yannick's not playing, and that puts a lot more pressure on Punch and, and Wilf, and then obviously... Wickham just come back. So I think it's really got to do more with us not really gelling as a side as opposed to, oh, the Villa result was a poor. And again, that, that Villa um, setup was all wrong, wrong for me. You can't play Sacco up front. And the fact that Wickham wasn't um, fit, I understand why we did it. But again, that time of thing kind of makes me laugh a little bit because, again, it's only convenient when we lose. But when we win, be certain teams, it's not the same on Palace. But again, that's just me. No, no. I, 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 what I meant, Patrick, was that one minute we can play well, next we, we can play appallingly, and and that and that to me is not the same old. That's just the roller coaster that is Palace. Exactly, and, and that and, I agree and, with. And I, but I use that. I use that same old Palace because that is the same old Palace. It is one minute. <laughs> one minute we're we're nicking, we're smashing Liverpool and, and, and pissing all over Stevie G's parade, right. and then and then the next minute we're we're losing at home to Sunderland, a team that we should smash. And then a team that we think well, we might struggle, you know, people were half and half on Newcastle, and then we lose to Sunderland, smash, smash Newcastle, and then we're thinking, you know, I, I do think that we've been that we've been lured. We, you know, like I say, I don't know whether it's the overachievement. We've got some better players, and we have got players that are growing into the Premier League, and and you will and you will play better with better players around you. You know, you, you raise your game, and then you raise your game as well. 
you know, it, it's, it's the old FA Cup, you know, you, all the big teams come in the third round. So every now and then there's a black eye. One of the Premier League teams that go out to a real poor team and you think, it should never happen, but it happens. Yeah. And that's the thing about football with Palace. It will always happen. Mm-hmm. And that's why I use the reference, it's same old Palace. Because I I I've been it. watching since 1977, <laughs> and it's, it's always like that. I can remember us turning over big teams. Oh, someone put a link up today, Man City. You know, they had a really good side. We beat them 4-0 in the quarterfinals of the Cup. Yeah, Chris Armstrong, right? Smashed him with Chrissy Armstrong on that. Yeah. But oh, can you imagine? We're screaming for him now. Where is he anyway? <laughs> I don't know. Get him back. Oh, Coco. The only way he'll come back is if he gets in the 25. You, you were saying you were upset about the Villa. I was absolutely fuming after the Villa game because mm. I just thought the effort wasn't there. We just I've never seen us look so lackadaisical. Did we really think it'd be that easy? There's no such thing as an easy game in football. But the, no, no. It, it, they just didn't seem like they were bothered. No, no. no you see, but Nick, they, sorry, Chris, just very quickly. They, remember when we were in the mire, every game's a cup final. Every single game for Villa... Every single game is a cup yeah. from now on. Agreed. If they go out in the league this year, that team will be decimated at the end of the season. They will, they will, they will struggle to get back in the Premier League. This is the biggest. It's not just. It's the biggest season ever in the history of English football for teams in the top flight. And that's how important it is this season, especially okay. not more so than any other season. But when we were down there, every game's a cup final. And that's what it is with Villa. Villa are up for it. We weren't. We were bad. They look great. Yeah, if you look, if you look back to what happened after the, the the game before we played them, where they had the fans screaming at the coaches and all that kind of stuff, you had players arguing with fans at the side of the pitch, all that kind of stuff. That you know that really didn't do us any favours. That brought it to a, properly brought it to a head. It's not the kind of you know thing that our fans would like to do. You know, we would tend to be a positive bunch and don't don't start screaming at people without really good reason. But you know, I think that didn't help us. But I think more importantly. The point about us looking like we're not bothered, we, I, there is no way that the players weren't motivated and up for that game. But psychologically, I genuinely believe that, that we, you know, that we, the sort of unconscious effect, if you like, the kind of, it used to be called subconscious, but apparently that's wrong now, I get told. But, um, you know, the, the effect of playing the team at the bottom of the league, you do, you do naturally take your, your foot off the gas, I think. And that's, that's a, a negative against us. That's a criticism of the players. Uh, who've got to be mentally tougher, in my view. And that's not something I would I say, you know, casually. I think they've been incredibly mentally tough over the last few years. But I, I think, we, you know, the position we were in in the table, we, we showed them too much respect in, in, in some respects, but also we were a little disrespectful in, in our effort in the game. Um, Nick, you first, and then Alex. Yeah, I've kind of forgot. Yeah, it, we, it, the slide started not only when Patrick came over, but also when, when Pardew started talking about Europe. Mm. Our expectations got a lot higher, and I'm just wondering whether, whether whether what Newcastle fans said when we when we got Pardew was you know he'll be brilliant for a few games and then it'll be rubbish for a few games and it's just so frustrating and and he's he's had a very long honeymoon period but it's definitely over and it's going to really test his metal to come out and actually show what he can do in the face of a crisis because we're in danger of going on the slide. We are only 11 points away from the drop zone. Mm. I don't have that, there's still half a season to go. That. But we could go on a Villa-esque run. Yeah. Mm. I, so I don't have too many fears about that personally, but well, maybe I'll, be, um, maybe I'll uh, look stupid later on for that. I don't know. But, um, don't I, I take think... much to look, make you look stupid, Chris. Thanks, Nick. 
Um, <laughs> go on, Alex. Yeah, no, well, I was just going to just touch on what Joe and Nick have said, that, you know, on the verge of moving to the next level, so we've just fallen, um, which is a shame, really. But it's just, if you look at this squad, and the, I know we all thought we had a, a lot of depth in this squad, but we haven't. And, you know, I think this, this transfer window will be big for not only the rest of the season, but the future and the next couple of seasons to see if we do make that next level. Because if you look at the likes of Leicester, who obviously over exceeded, uh, have over exceeded so far this season, you look at their play, their team and how they've brought in some really good players. That's what she said. Sort of That's what she said. Next level. Um, you look at uh, the likes of Kante, you look at Mares sort of moving to the next level, you look at uh, Fuchs at left back. They're better in that team. Our team... We, I don't know. There's, we've obviously brought in Kabai um, in in the summer, and he's made us, you know, look a lot better. He's made players play better around him. But you know, there are still a few positions in this team that definitely need to be improved. And for us to move to the next level, we need to to recruit and bring a few players in. And it'll be an interesting window because, you know, I think that's the only way we can get to the next level. Because face it, you know, we've got Dan being linked with Chelsea t- today. Um, we've got Balassi probably on the way in the summer. So we need to sort of better this side now before we lose all of our best players yeah and that's a fair point a um, couple of quick points from you um, Patrick and then you Gel, to, to finish this off and we'll, we'll talk about City Wait, I want to address the Patrick coming over comment by Nicholas Gillard when I came <laughs> over I saw two matches the Swansea match 0-0 and the Chelsea match yeah we didn't score we didn't lose both of the games Nick that's the first thing second thing is we're on a tough roll I understand that of the five league games we haven't scored a goal in five we didn't lose all five. So people want to complain about how bad it is. Obviously, we're not doing well, but we have not lost every single match. So this whole thing about, let's see how Pardew uh, bounces back, etc. We need to go a couple four matches before we start thinking a bit of an Aston Villa type of a run. So I really want to just counter that point. The next thing is, um, Alex makes some very good points about you know, Leicester squad, etc. I'm, I'm with him on that. We need to definitely add. But the problem is, Alex, it's not time to add players. You cannot get good players in this journey window. You're going to overpay and you're going to reach. Now, I know we've got Dan uh, in this window a couple of years back. and we got, I guess we've got Hennessy in January also. But I'm telling you right now, my fear now is to go out and reach out for a player, spend a lot of money for a player who doesn't fit in. We've but, done that in the past. I don't want Patrick, to do that again. What happens if we do sell, if we do sell Gale, we'll have a, a, a bit of cash to spend on a, on a player to replace him? Do it's you not think the money part, be... Alex. I don't think it's a money issue. I'm more about worrying about what player we get. I don't think it's going to be a money issue. We've got enough money to spend. I believe I just worry about getting the right player in this market. It's not going to be easy. That's my only point. Uh, Joe, uh, you still got a point to make on that? I've got loads of points to make on that. Firstly, <laughs> on the Leicester, the Leicester thing, we have to congratulate Leicester. But it's something I saw, I saw coming. That Mares is different, different class. Yeah. On his day, he is unplayable, and that's the reason why Arsenal looks at him. He was asking, they were asking, asking ridiculous money for him, and then Leicester just went, "All right, then we'll have a punt on you." I've also come through on on um, oh, what's his name up front. Um, Vardy. 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 He's just, right. he, he is Ian Wright in disguise. That's all he is. Matt Wright, he was, you know, I mean, what is he, 28 Vardy? Right, he was 26 when he started doing it for us. And then 28 when he started doing it for Arsenal. So you, you have to you have to put your hands up and go, fantastic. You know, they've, they've got a mixture of, of other players that have come in, some you've never heard of. And then like the little Japanese player, he looked fantastic yesterday. Just look busy, busy. That's what they look. They look busy, pacey. Then that, a lot of that stuff yesterday was only anticipation, and that's what we're not doing at the moment. We, we're not got anticipation. My, my my next point is about Gale. He's the only natural born goal scorer that we've got in that, in the club at the moment. 
personally, yeah. it's my it's my personal opinion, and I, and I say that because. We've seen him score with his head, we've seen him score with his right foot, we've seen him score with his left foot, we've seen him score tappings, and we've seen him score screamers. Now, the thing is, it, football is all about a conf- it's all about confidence. I, I don't know why he's not playing. He can't injury, be. Injury right now. Right now okay. he's dead. Okay. Yeah. All right, so if we say he's injured. But, but all of a sudden, Pardew has come out and, and actually said that he's for sale. How can he yeah. be for sale when he's the only, literally, the only player that we've got in the club that, that knows where the goal is. I, I find that very strange. And I'm not having that he's, he's too small or whatever it is now. We don't fit our system. Because that Sunderland took you, a punt on Jermaine Defoe and he scored a yeah. trick in a week. You can, you can say you're not having it, but in my view, Gale has had chance after chance after chance in the team mm. and failed to deliver on a consistent and then, basis. And then, so no, wait, 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 let me finish. Up to him against a six-foot-four no, centre-forward. That's what, the point. Well, then how can, he, how can the point of him not fitting our style be irrelevant? Put it on the floor. Well, we don't play that way. But anyway, that's not really the point. The point I'm trying to make is that whether Gale's the right... You know I rate Gale. You know I do. So whether he's the right player or not, one, he's not been available, and two, he's not taking his chances. So whether he's a goal scorer or he, or he isn't, you know, it, it's kind of irrelevant if he doesn't play consistently. And he doesn't. He's never done it consistently for us, ever. And, we, you know, we, we're forced in this position where we're looking at a player who has had plenty of opportunities, and we're saying, he's the answer. He's not the answer. He's not the answer at all. But I'd love it if he was, but we need to be looking elsewhere. Nick? Shouldn't we be adapting our style to the players we've got then? Because he's... I don't think he's, he's great a manager. He should be able to do that. We, we just seem to be not, not a one-trick pony, but... Anyway, but back to the chat room before it That's disappears funny. off my screen. Uh, Dog 3 um, says, here's the thing. The past two seasons, we got our points in the second half. We had no expectation, therefore, other than survival. This time around, we've got our points early, so our expectations built up. So when we do have crap matches, it, it just makes us feel all the worse for it. Yeah. No, look, I, I'll, take the, I'll take the point, and that's, that's a very... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good point that from, from J-Dog there. Um, that, we, that is the difference. And, you know, but, you know, we're talking again. The reason we're sitting here talking this way and the reason we're all frustrated is that we have moved on as a club. We always talk about ambition mm-hmm. and progression. And, and we've got, a, you know, the, the goalposts have moved without wanting to make a pun on it. It's, we, you know, things are very, very different now. We, we should be looking up. And that goes back to the point about Gale. I don't disagree with Gale that he's the only proper goal scorer at the club, right? But I do disagree that, that your point, Nick, we should be playing to him, building the team around him. I, I don't think he's good enough. I don't think he's a Premier League quality player. Chris, uh, you, Chris, sorry to interrupt, um, but if you look at the girl situation, it's almost like the Murray situation in the mm. summer. I think it's probably the last chance we could probably get a, that amount of money for him 
Um, I think you know we we I think we're rubbing our hands together now and looking at how Murray's doing at Bournemouth, getting five million pounds at his age, and then you know being quoted ten million for Gale. That's a lot of money, and that means that you know we can maybe strengthen in other positions, not just up front uh, in the in the window. And I know I know there's you know not a value a lot not a lot of value in the window, but we've got these we've got we've got Blitzer now, we've got Harris, and we've got the money to go out and by that striker because you know face it this this season we've only had uh, one goal from a striker and that's not good enough if we had goals from a striker we'll be you know mm. looking upwards i think now we're looking downwards and we we've got that burden which we shouldn't have because we've got some really good players in this team like Sabalasi like Sapunchin like Zaha that feed uh, you know they they're good at distribution wise they're fantastic and we just need a player to you know put the ball put the ball in the back of the net and we haven't got well, that at the moment well yeah um but then I go back to the, the, the. I can't. Sorry, I can't credit the person who tweeted in earlier and said we need more. Cre-. And that was Ian Lyons and the forward reviews that haven't been played out yet. He said we need more creativity, um, and he's. I think he's right there. I, I'm more worried about the fact that we're not creating chances than than we are we're, than the the striker at the moment. I do agree that a, a top striker would actually help us create, but but that's yeah. Um, there's there's a right. There's a lot of things I want to get on. Uh, Joe, you want to make a point on um, on people's reactions. Yeah, I, the stuff I've seen, people tweeting Parish. Oh, I mean, it's just ridiculous. <clears throat> do they do they seriously think that he's that he's not doing anything after everything that him and his and his mates have done for the club and the way that the club's going? Do they really believe that he isn't doing anything? I I, I just can't. I see so many of them, so many people on my timeline, and they're just, you know, like. Putting and just hashtagging question marks and stuff at him. I, 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 I don't. I just don't get it. They, they, they'll. Look, we're not going to get our pants pulled down. That's the thing. He, he won't. He won't let that happen. I, I saw. I saw a fantastic thing today on, on Twitter. I don't think you. You guys must have got on it as well. David Gold. He answered someone and said, "Why didn't? Why didn't?" He was a West Ham fan. Said, "Why didn't we buy Charlie Austin?" And he said, "I'm not paying someone hundred thousand pound a week." <laughs> Right now, David Gold would know what Charlie Austin's been on. Charlie Austin's been hawks around every single club. Mm-hmm. We've been, we, he's, he obviously, is, as you know, he hasn't been offered to us, but we were interested in him. And he said last year he wouldn't come to us we, if if all the reports are that we are have, and always have been, in, you know, interested in getting him. He obviously didn't want to come here because at the well, time it seemed like we were the only ones. I had different. Um, to be honest, from someone who someone who knows him, who said that he would have joined us if we come to a proper agreement, but that didn't happen. But, but it might well have been wages for all I know. But yeah. but what I'm yeah. saying is, for that four mil, QPR jumps on that. But the thing is, from what I understand, he was on sixty five thousand quid a week already. He's not going to take a wage reduction to come to the Premier League. So no. straight away, if you, he's not, and he's not going to leave for another five grand because he can leave for nothing at the end of the season from QPR. So QPR just want him gone, but his agent's got to do a deal. His agent's got to earn dough. I reckon he's probably gone for about 85, 90. That's what I reckon. And there's but, no way in a million years he's worth that. Well, you know, and I agree with that. We'll come back to Austin a bit later on, though, because um, that's something I want to talk about in the, in the transfer chat a little bit later on. I uh, just want to quickly move us on. I have noticed that uh, due to a slight, um, should we say, careless wording on Twitter of um, a quote, I assume it was Tom or one of Tom or Mike who put it, Patrick seems to have been slightly misquoted without Thank the context of his comments, and people are kicking off about it. You're not saying that there is no good business to be done in January. You were really sort of saying that, you know, we've had a couple of exceptions in the past. Certainly, the point exactly. of Le- Dan and Ledley. You even mentioned Hennessy, <laughs> Dan, uh, Hennessy as well. You mentioned, oh. but um, 
you know, it, it's true. And even Steve Parrish has said it himself that the the inflation of prices and the fact that people want to keep hold of their best players, particularly because of how critical, um, you know, the, the Premier League is at the moment. Because we're talking about Premier League players, you know, Premier League quality. No Premier League club is going to really going to let go uh, a player when with the, with the money. Um, that's, that we're talking about for staying in the league for next season. You, no one's going to let their best players go. And that's what we need. We need people's best players. So that's the point Patrick is making. No, he's not trying to say that you can't do a good deal in January. Of course you can. And you look at some of the players who have signed. Leicester have signed Gray from Birmingham. That's a good deal. Austin yep. might well turn out to be a cracking deal for Southampton. Um, you know, a phobia, yeah. Again, that's a lot of money. And you yeah. talk about Bournemouth. They signed Lewis Grabham for £7 Grabham million. Pounds. Oh, my it, God. If he... <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's no disrespect to Grabham because you know he's, he's forged a decent career for himself. But he's doing but if he's worth if he's worth seven million quid. Exactly. What other players? Seven worth? million quid. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh. Makes Scott Dam worth about forty, then doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely mental. But um, but there you go. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you're getting you're getting massive abuse <laughs> for your. I know, but because somebody misquoted me, but it's all right. I could. Well, yeah, fair point. A lot of the people who are actually responding to it haven't aren't actually listening either, so they're just responding to something on Twitter like people do. A lot of abuse on Twitter. You're all pricks. There you go. Is that really? <laughs> <a, laughs> that is a joke, by the way. I was I was I was making a comment with with deliberate irony, in case there's some sensitive people out there. Um, I've um I've just put another one. Twitter Chris. doesn't do irony. No, I know no. it doesn't, does it? And they, they want to make it longer than 127 characters, 147 characters. Could you imagine what it would be like then? Anyway, Carl De Silva. There's another colour one. Well, oh, OK, thanks thanks for that. I wonder what you were talking about, going back to the players with colour in the surname. All first name. All right, any more of those, do let us know at HOL Radio. Um, if you well, say if you aren't listening, please don't reply to our comments. It doesn't really work if you say that, does it? <laughs> um but yeah, there's a lot of people. <laughs> We're not in when somebody yeah. else, when somebody knocks on the door. It's unbelievable the amount of crap that gets thrown about on Twitter. It really is. Anyway, um, look, you know, we, we were talking about the video game. Obviously, it was a huge disappointment. Everyone talked about wanting to get a response against City. Um, you know, bit of a shame that, um, that things turned out the way it did. But let's have um, a little bit of chat about the details. Again, we go back to uh, the start of the game and we talk, look at the, the similarity between the uh, the Villa start as well. Um, we had we had a great chance. Um, ball, ball came in from was it, put the ball in, Kabai or punching someone like that. Anyway, um, and found Damo's head, and you just got to put it away from the goalkeeper in that it position. Was, it was Wickham actually. I was Wickham. It was Wickham. You're right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Controlled yeah. it well because he started the game very well. Wickham actually. Yeah, look good. Lot of good link play. Um, but yeah, very very early on, puts a brilliant cross with his right foot in from the left flank. Finds ahead of Delaney, and he's just got to score. It, it, there's no two ways about it. And there's two things for me there. First of all, we're not taking our chances, and it's killing us. Um, we you know we're not able to change change the course of games. But the second point is, Delaney had that chance, and later on has an up had another chance. It's De, when it's Delaney who's the one who's getting the good chances we create. Then there's something wrong with the way we're putting the, the ball in and the way people are moving. Do you see what I mean? It's I, he's up there for, for set pieces. The question is, why is Wickham putting a ball in for Delaney? Why isn't Wickham the one on the end of it? And it's extremely frustrating for me uh, w- watching the way, watching our best chances fall to a defender. Nick? It's, yeah, Wickham's almost playing a forward sweeper role because he was all over. I thought he had a brilliant game yesterday, mm. Wickham. Um, but yeah, and 
maybe the defenders should practice heading away from the goalkeeper when they're going for goal. But can you imagine how, how much the crowd would have turned against City if, if that had gone in? And we're talking about confidence. That would have given, given them the jitters. And, it, and it's the fine margins, isn't it? It, it was, Yeah. Yeah, here's fine margins. Um, I don't know. Look, it's it's a very difficult situation um, to try and talk about this game without sort of o- overstating it, I guess. But um, you know, and there's a lot of a lot of angry people online at the moment, which is distracting me slightly. But um, no, we we did start well. Damo should score, but I think let's let's talk about the first goal. It gives us a chance to talk about Hennessy's mistake against Villa, uh, and this is definitely another mistake. Pardew said it himself. Um, very very. Um, clear in his assessment that that it was a mistake from Hennessy, a second mistake in a row, and that he's got to show something to stay in the team. We'll talk about who we think um, that that who we think should actually be be in goal for the next game. But I mean, against Villa, it's an it's an absolute howler. You don't need to discuss it really. He's basically thrown the ball through his own legs. Um, it happens every now and then. But this one, he's seen it from distance. Kabai um, Kabai stood stood off from Delph and should never have just been jogging as Delph runs past him. I've got a real problem with, with the way Kabai defended in that situation. But he can't really expect Delph to unleash from that range. But he did, and got, got a good amount of power to it. But Hennessy's got effectively dived and got both hands. He's ended up diving pretty much over it, and then the, the hands are just too weak to do anything. And I mean, that's, that's got to be a keeper error, hasn't it, Nick? I said yesterday, we were, we were chatting, weren't we, during the game, we should change his name to Pat. That's what he does. He doesn't catch, he pats. I don't get it, but that's all right. No, he pats like, the ball away rather than catching it. Like Pat Dennis, like, you mean? No, like, like Alan Parry. Yeah, that sort of thing. Very um, good. <laughs> but no, Hennessy, some, somebody said it before, I can't remember, it might have been Jed or somebody else saying that because he's so big, he does find it difficult yeah, to, to get down. But I never said that. No, we've it, talked it, about it a lot. Um, myself and Terence were talking about it. I just hope, I, I just hope he's in goal when England play Wales in the Euros. <laughs> No, I don't. Oh. Again, I don't think we should be um, properly, you know, slagging the guy off because he did really, really well before that. But but he's had two poor games, and it's it's less than, than McCarthy got kicked out of the team for, uh, and that's that's one of my problems. Patrick, and then uh, Alex. Well, see, this is the thing. Um, you know, when Hennessy was first put in a goal, I took a lot of abuse because I wasn't necessarily a fan of him going in. So um, the thing is, he has a lot of positives. He's very good distributing the ball. He kept those clean sheets, obviously. I think he had, what, six, I guess, so far this year. Um, he's definitely brought some confidence in our defense. And um, he's excellent on high shots. He made some brilliant saves, the Stephen Davis one. I can, you know, I can name eight, nine brilliant saves. But the things that he's not good at are the things I've always worried about. One is he's not good. His feet, footwork is very, very poor, which is why, for me, why he has a very big problem getting down for those low shots. Um, and honestly, I really worry about him commanding the box. I don't know how tall he is. Is he six five, six six? And for me, for a person that tall should command the box. I don't think he's any better at commanding the box than either McCarthy or, or Speroni. So uh, Chris made the point, you know, McCarthy, McCarthy lost his job for less than that. I don't know what goes on on training ground because obviously the reason why he was picked, I think at the time, uh, McCarthy had a bereavement issue, which is why he might have got taken out of the side. But obviously there was a problem with the, the Spurs goal, etc. But for me, you've got to look at what um, Pardew said yesterday and look, take a look at changing the goalkeeper because you can't have a keeper that drops balls through his legs into the goal and then get, get beat by 30 yards by a guy like Fabian Duff. It just can't happen. So I'm really hoping that at some point we look at the goal situation because we need to have someone in there that we're not going to score. We need to get the nil-nil draws. 
Yeah, well, again, and there's a lot of we did we did a poll earlier on, which I'll talk about in terms of the results of who people wanted to start the next game. Um, but uh, actually, Alex, you wanted to make a point about uh, yeah, about that goal. I'm, I'm with Patrick in that you know Hennessy's footwork is not the greatest, and you know if you look at Spironi's foot footwork, it's really exemplary because I think that's how he makes up for his like lack of height. Um, you know, he's he moves his feet really quickly and gets down very well. And that's one thing that Hennessy's not very good at. You know, you look at McCarthy. McCarthy, on the other hand, gets down very well, but he hasn't got the the agility that Hennessy has. So, if you look up our three goalkeepers, they've all got different strengths. But as you know, I think we need to stick with Hennessy. You know, and we, and in Spironi, you know, he's got a, a great veteran, a great pro for him to to bounce off. And you know, I fully expect you know Pardew to give him one more <laughs> it, chance. He likes stuff to bounce off, doesn't he? That's his that's his stock in trade. Sorry. I don't know what the hell you're on about next time. <laughs> well, the really ball don't. bounces off of his hands. Oh, OK. All right, kids. Mm. We've just had another colour player, sorry. Just uh, <sighs> from uh, Booties on Fire. But I felt of Herman Heredison. And Stop we've got Kenny name. Brown. And yeah, Tony we Hazel. That. We mentioned Kenny Brown earlier. Tony Hazel's a good one. Um, no, let's... Look, I... If you, if you equate the situation we were talking about here, we're talking about dropping a goalkeeper again. I don't know many teams that are successful on a, on a consistent basis when they're chopping and changing goalkeepers. You know, so we've got to be, we've got to be a bit decisive here. Um, you know, the rumours are trying to swap McCarthy back for Rob Green or something like that. How that came about, I don't know, but it's not something that, that inspires me, to be honest with you. But and I'm, I, I understand I'm all for sort of giving, giving Hennessy a chance, but it kind of takes me back to the the Dwight Gale debate, really. And again, Brent Morgan got in touch on Twitter and said that, that Gale's not had a run of games in his preferred position. And I kind of take the point on that. But I would also, let's say, I'm equating this to the Hennessy situation in that we don't have the luxury of a run of games to, to, to let people play themselves into form. Similarly, we don't have the luxury of keeping Wayne Hennessy in goal if he's going to let in a shot like that every game. He's done it two in a row. And it's, it's how long do you wait? If he does, if he does it next week against Spurs, well, Saturday against Spurs, you know, you've made the wrong decision, really, there, haven't you? And it's, that's that's where I am on it at the moment. Um, go on, Joe. You just said that we don't have the luxury of, of letting players um, have games to, to get themselves back into form. Mm. But we, but what we Here do is we allow we allow, this is the bit. <laughs> well, we allow players to play to get their fitness back. Yeah, I, I don't get that. I really don't get that. And the other thing as well, and again, this is a conversation I just had a couple of hours ago, and it's. For me, when I broke my leg and I'm, I'm three and a half years off work, I had to get on a bike, and I just had to get getting back on a bike all the time. And they do so much gym work. Can, can you really not? I mean, football, football. They're footballers. They don't do anything else. They're not. They're not a chef and they're playing football part time. No, they, they play football. So really, only after a little while, I would have thought a couple of weeks, they have a long term injury, come back, have a kick about with the boys. You know, it's just you. <laughs> You don't do the spectacular, you do it very simply. But I, I can't understand why they're using players. Like, we, you know, we're playing Wickham. You can see he's not fit. You can, we're playing Sacco. You know, you can see he's not fit. It's just, for me, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm at a loss. You can't be saying you can't play well, yourself into form, but you've got to well, play this, yourself into fitness. Well, this, this, is, cause this goes back to, to a problem I have with, with the game as it is now, really. And that's the, the way reserve football has gone, because it's now gone to the under-21s. And we're now, because of the um, 
categorization of our of our cat or um academy facilities and all that kind of stuff we have to play nothing games against nothing teams and we can only play a handful of players there's no actual do you remember reserve football used to be you know your second string team didn't it you, you used to yeah. you used to play the players who were trying to get back to fitness you'd play them you know now we have to play behind closed doors games against other teams where they're trying to sort their injury and fitness issues out it's an absolute mess is it's how you how you can get you know when you have a, a lot of injuries and a lot of players who are lacking sharpness and fitness you kind of you're almost forced into it and you get that situation you bang on jill sacco against villa he's ended up with another injury for a start and he was absolutely awful all game exactly. because yeah. he wasn't sharp he was struggling he was running about as fast as i do and it was just you know that's that's not the player we bought it was it's really hard, really, really hard to watch. It, it's uh, difficult. Oh. Sorry, sorry, just very quickly. It's for, it, but it, but I, this is what I don't get. You're saying about this under-21. Do you remember when I come down, I, I've only done the under-21s uh, commentary, <coughs> commentary at Solos once with you, but we were playing City. And do you mm. remember Colo Torre come on? Yeah. He looked like a roundabout. He did, he was huge. <laughs> he was massive, wasn't he? I mean, he was ridiculous. <laughs> 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 You had to kick the ball over him and then run round him. You couldn't yeah. run round. You said to me, you go, he's never going to play again. Look at him. He's as big as a house. <laughs> <laughs> and he played today. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was something to see. Major- the majority of under-21s you know, all go out on loan anyway. So it just leaves you with really bad under-21 players but it, but it or, or really young players. But it gives you a game. It doesn't mm. matter, does it? If, mm. if we're just going under-21s, how many players can you have over 21? Three? Yeah. So, yeah. so we've got three players. Can I, they sacko go and play 21s. Don't want to play on the 21s. Get on a bike. Get on, just stay on a bike. Do what jockeys do when they're a bit overweight. They go on a bike. Then what they do is they go, and, they go in, a, in a sauna, sweat the weight off. You're a professional footballer for 15 bloody years. You get paid absolutely fantastic. Fantastic money. Life changing money. Look, so if you invest it, you, you don't have to work for the rest of your life. Have to be a bum and, and, and drive lorries like some of the 80s footballers, the classy 80s footballers that we saw, that are driving lorries and delivering packages and stuff nowadays. Yeah, make an effort. Like I, I, I would do anything, anything to have been a professional footballer. Anything. Mm. And these yeah. guys that come along now, this is why I think, I honestly think that the way to go, and like I said, and I wasn't taking a mickey earlier when I said it works in industry, is performance related play. Put everyone on the same money, you play bad, it, it comes down. You play good, it goes up. I'm, I'm telling you now, they are now, we, we turn around and say that most footballers, that, that they really, that they, a very, very rare exception, play for the badge. Very rare exception. They're all they're not mercenaries, but they're playing for money. It's why they go, it's why they, all of a sudden you love them, and, and then they disappear to another club, and go, he's getting another 10 grand a week. Because it, that, because it, gives, it takes him to a different level than, than what he's already got. And I understand that. So if you make it performance-related play, and he plays like a chump, Get him out. Or you go, you're only getting 32 grand this week. Tell you what, the next week, mate, unless he's injured, he plays nuts off. You, I can guarantee it for you. I'd, uh, just, just coming back for the plan for the badge, I mean, Johnny Williams, uh, is he premiership standard? Who knows? But he'll make damn sure that he gives his best on that pitch. Some of the players do look half fast. Can I come back to Sacco? Um, mm. Has he played more than one good game for us? Be honest. Well, it was the I first two. I think the first, first two, two games he was brilliant, and then he's been nothing. Mm. Well, that, I don't think he did have that shot against Villa, didn't he? I mean, yeah, had, that yeah. been, had he been ten yards further out, it, you know, he yeah. would have scored. I, I feel for him a bit because, too. yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, no, I feel for him a bit because he, you know, he's he's had a stop-start sort of 
season really for us, isn't he? He's kind of he kind of got in, got a, he was there to provide, you know, a goal threat and competition for for Will from Balassi, but he's now ended up, you know, being part of part of a, a particularly frustrating injury list, and you know, it's very very hard in that position to suddenly come back into the team after after injury and again be asked to 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 do exactly what we did for the first couple of games which was get shots on target but i can see the logic it's something we desperately need we're so shot shy it's unbelievable and, and very very frustrating um but there you go look you know th- these things happen and and city really wasn't the game we wanted after that poor performance against Villa. it was certainly you know for all those people who said oh we're going to get a result here it's just typical palace no. we, you know, we were we were never in that game really and um once once we've gone the second goal, which I haven't really talked about, once that went in, we weren't coming back from it. You know, we played well at the start. We were unfortunate with that. The first goal, the second goal, absolutely killed us. And you can't blame Hennessy for that. Completely unsighted, and the deflection from Dan was significant. Um, and, it, and it's just killed us. And when you look at it, when you think on the balance of play, we were unlucky not to have been ahead when when they scored. We, we really, really should have gone in at least level at half time. So to be two nil down. It was just too easy for them after that, and they they proper took the piss out of us as well, which was really hard to watch. And again, that's partly responsible for the for the strength of um, strength of reaction to it. So there you go. Um, you can't keep saying that though. You can't keep saying we were unlucky. Oh, only that goal had gone in, and all that kind of stuff. And and that's you know that's kind of the, the theme that will take us forward. I think. Um, so let, let's talk a bit some of the, the specifics. Obviously, their third goal in the second half just took the piss out of us. Uh, passed it all the way around us. Brilliant goal to watch, but against us, it didn't give me any real pleasure at all. Um, Kabai had probably the best chance of the second half for us with that free kick that was well saved by Hart. Uh, but the fourth was an easy breakaway, and we didn't really learn from the cup in that we had no, you know, they, they smashed five in past us in the cup when we were chasing the game. Did the same, they just waited for us to, to go for it and then just picked us off. Um, so let's talk about some individual performances. I want to bring up Kabai, but I'm not going to lead anyone into it. Um, I'll make my point later on. Alex, how do you think Kabai did? Uh, well, I think he was very frustrated. I think with Kabai, so he, he, I think he realises sometimes, oh, what am I doing? You know, sometimes, oh, well, how have I ended up here? But then there are other occasions where, you know, he's he, he, he just carries on and he's obviously our best player. And against Villa, I think he was one of our best players. He had a few chances. I think it was just a frustrating evening for him in both games. And, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough when... You know, obviously he's miles ahead of the rest of our team, and it's tough when you know other players are not on his wavelength because, you know, let's face it, he's, you know, it, at times he's too good for us, and at times you know he he looks like a world class player. So, you know, it's very difficult sometimes to have somebody like that in your team um, who who cannot. So you know, like when the players don't rub off of him as well as as he can play, it's difficult. Uh, Patrick. Jump in. Yeah, um, he's frustrated. Like you can see it. But the thing is, you don't need him to play as a number ten. I, um, the more I watch him, the more I can see that he needs to play right in front of the back four. But he needs to play next to him, like MacArthur, to get the ball from him and have another player ahead of him, a number ten, and then have Balassi and Wilf White to get the ball to. When he has no one ahead of him, you can see he just turns the ball backwards. He looks to play passes that are more difficult than they have to be, and it gets frustrating for him. You can just tell. But again, for him to go. For me, to see him push forward it would make no sense for me because he's just so much better when he gets the ball off the back four and looks to pick out that long pass. 
but we just have a, don't even have players outlets right now. We have to get Yannick back in the side to create that extra oomph, for lack of a better term, that will just give us another outlet. And then again, you put um, someone in the side that's, you know, you've got Wickham up front to hold the ball up. It's a different team. But right now, he's frustrated as all heck, just like we are. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. But um, all right, uh, I think it's you, Nick, next. Yeah, Kabai was lucky he didn't get sent off, wasn't it? Mm. Mm. Good point. Um, he should have been on a second foul for sure. Isn't he um, lucky most weeks, though? Doesn't he actually go <laughs> after players if you watch yeah. him? But yesterday, Joe, he made a second foul. They made a first foul. And the referee went yeah. to him and talked to him and said, you know what? You know what? You're going to go off next time. And he, you know, he really should have gone off that second foul. Yeah, yeah but at last, we're not getting, you know, unless they're really leg breaking tackles, you're not getting too, too, you know. No, this was just a, a grab. No, you're right. You're right. Um, the whole point with Kabai, sorry, Chris, mm. just, just one more point. We, we mentioned earlier in the season that Kabai, we're, we're so glad we've got him. He's a brilliant player and he's going to be the one that's attracting players to the club. I know we've still got 14 days of the transfer window. It's, it's two weeks tomorrow, isn't it? He closes. Um, are we yes. seeing these players come in? I mean, we, we, we were also talking about getting players in early on the transfer window. I don't know whether Steve Parrish wants to get them in late just to make our transfer show a bit better because when we did get the players in early, the transfer show was a bit boring, wasn't it? Because yeah, we had nothing point. to talk about. So perhaps he's doing it for us. But, you know, <laughs> is, is Kabai attracting these players? Well, I, look, I don't know. And as, as I've said a couple of times, we'll, we'll talk transfers in, in a minute. Let's just... I, I, I see the point you're making and, and Kabai is a, is a factor in that. He's certainly... We, we certainly thought once we get him in, and we, we I'm sure it was said by um, certainly I think it was by Steve Parrish that that one of the reasons we were talk, you know we managed to get Kabai was that we were talking about our ambitions and the players we wanted to bring in, and I'm not sure we got those in the summer. Um, even though I think you know despite what people are saying at the moment, I think most people were pretty happy with our business in the summer, in all honesty, and yeah. it certainly panned out pretty well for us at the uh, you know before this uh, this dip in form. But look, it's the reason I brought Kabai up is is there are there, Patrick um, mentioned the um, was it you, Patrick? I'm getting confused now. Um, he mentioned the um, the fact that he, yeah, it was you. He was, he was playing further forward. and It doesn't really yeah, work. That was that was work. one of the things that, that I was going to bring up. But the second one was um, is I, I felt I don't know if I'm right in this, but I feel that he's not quite fit. I, I mm. think we've kind of rushed him back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think oh. for me, I just get the impression he's just nursing this an, an injury. And he's there out of necessity. And a lot of players do that. A lot of players carry knocks and yeah. you know play most of a season with some form of injury and what have you. But I think it's affected him because he, for me, he looks a little bit less sharp than he did earlier on in the season. Yeah. As soon as the game was over, we should have taken him off straight away because it's just a little bit. It's just detrimental, isn't it? We don't want him to be sent off for a game that we can actually uh, we actually can win. You know, one of our next games and. You know, he's, he's obviously not looking fit at the moment, so I don't see the logic of keeping him out on the pitch as, as long as we did at City. If you go to the, the start of the season, we actually did take him off for, mm. for sort of on the 60-70 yeah. yeah. minutes. Um, you know, and that's that's kind of, um, you know, maybe that's that's the way to go back. But I say things are, um, we're, we're trying to play ourselves out of, you know, some bad form at the moment. And that's I think that's really what it comes down to. And you can see Pardew wants wants him in there because you know we rely on him and he can dictate play. But when we're struggling and and he's struggling, it's a, it's a strange thing to watch because we haven't really experienced that. We've got a lot of positives to talk about Johan Kabai, but mm. you know at, at the moment he's he's not quite there for me. He's not quite with it. But I, I would still rather have him in the team than not. If I'm completely honest, I just wanted to bring the top topic up and see where we are. So um, 
last couple of things really let's, let's talk about Zahar and, and punching really it's, it's something we've mentioned before with uh, there there are you know there are two wingers and everyone whenever you watch um a game on TV all the all the research that's been done is oh palace you know they've always got pace and power on the wings they're a quick team we're one paced other than Zaha for me um and you know we've talked about punching being out wide and struggling out in that position and he does and he does slow the game down but I'm not going to just just pick on him, but again, I think Albert brought this up in our chat earlier on off off air, where he said, "How is um, how is Zaha being substituted when and Punchin remains on the pitch again?" You know, let's let's not mince words there. Other than Southampton, we we have to say, you know, Punch is in very 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 poor form, um, as even according to Pardew, asked the manager about it himself and said, "You know, what, what am I doing wrong?" And Pardew's view is it's a mental thing, right? But I, I don't. I, I I've got to a point where I can't really see any logic in in leaving punching on the pitch when you're taking Wilf off. I think Wilf is the only one who can create something out of nothing. But you look how well well he was marshalled um, yesterday. It, it was didn't matter which wing he was on. All they do is stand off him, wait for him to take a touch, and then jump in because he's always got that little touch where he knocks it away when he receives the ball. Um, I don't know. I don't know the two of them. Are they effect? They're not effective as as wingers, really, are they? Uh, that's what I think. That's what I'm really saying. Um, who wants I to think, say that? I think yeah, you're right. He's, he has been pretty poor in the last few games, and actually, as Joel said, not put performance related pay. But how about putting him on the bench? Look, if you're not good enough, you can't be in the team. Whether it's mental issues, whether you're doing well enough in training, so what? You could be brilliant in training. How, how many players can we name in the past that must have been fantastic in training but were complete pony when it came to playing first team games in front of big crowds? If he, if he's having that. Get him on the bench, get somebody else in. All right, who do we get in? I'd say I've been slated by my brother on Twitter for this, but Johnny Williams would, would work his socks off and distribute the ball much, much better than Punction. Now, is Punction feeling it because Kabai is taking the corners, Kabai is well, taking the, the free kicks? Is, yeah, that, to is me, that affecting him? To me, we've brought that up a lot, right? And I, and I, don't, think it, it's in, I don't think it's enough to explain the drop in form, um, especially if he's asking the question, right? So... For me, is it, it might well just be a case that, that certainly due to injuries, if you imagine we had a fully fit squad, so Balassi's available, who comes out of that team against City on Saturday? Because it's not going to, you know, earlier on in the season, it was actually Wilf coming out of the team. But I think right now, you know, Punch is, punch is benched, if we have everyone fit. But, I'd put Leon for Punch. Mm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you would, and I'm, I know another man who would, Joe. Yeah, no, no I'm, it's, it's just not turn this into a, a, a hate punching thing. No, it's that's not. The, no. no, no, no. But what I'm saying is, you know, there are there have been many times. Let's start on Wilf first. The reason that Wilf was benched, um, it's, it's that started at the Tottenham game. We were all there. We can all all see it. Again, a player watched him, and then I watched him have an argument with Pardew. He threw his arms up in the air. And and it was because Punchin didn't put him through, and that was in, in the first half. But anyway, so so I think to get rid of his attitude, he just got benched, and that was it. And since he since he got benched, and then he was used as sub a couple of times. Wilf has played out of his skin, and he's he is undroppable. But I think I think a lot of the time, Wilf gets kicked an awful lot, and you see him he he can limp he can limp it off for a minute or two. Um, but I think sometimes. I'm at a loss as to why he goes off and and punch and stays on. 
Now, that I, I do, well, you say you don't think it is, Chris. I really do think that it, it is the, the mental issue of Kabai coming along and, okay. and basically taking his game away from him. Um, at the, at the, what they did is he was supposed to have been at, at the beginning of the season for the first 10 games, Punisher was there to supply the, the, the forward. That's that's what he was supposed to do. He's supposed to be in the 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 person sitting but behind the attack and supposed to be leading the attack, and he didn't do that, and we suffered for that. Really suffered for it, and and then obviously you know we got a, Wickham's made a glass. So when Punchin, he's got no one to pass to you now, is he? We ain't got any, any legitimate forwards. So um, it is a it's a frustrating. You know, I, I think with Kabai, I think that. Now with Jedinek, you remember Jedinek people used to whack it up in the air and all they do is they passed it round him. I think that's what they do. They with, with Kabai, because he hasn't got massive pace, um, you can put you can overrun the midfield, put five, play a three five two against us and, and literally run round our midfield. Because there's only so much running that that that, um, that uh, MacArthur can do to mm. cover. So yeah, all yeah. of a sudden is it but but the thing is I like Kabai, I really I like Kabai sitting behind the front, as in when he scored against Watford last year, and, and I, but I also like him sitting as a sweeper because he has that intent. He has the intent to to pick out the best pass. Sometimes yeah. it's a little bit Lidlow. scary. Yeah, but 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 that's what we need. But we do. But well, I, maybe, I maybe, maybe Shelby would have been the answer. Maybe no, Shelby would have been the answer. No, Shelby will play fantastic. Listen, firstly, he ain't worth twelve million quid. He'd still be a Liverpool player. That's what he would have been. If he didn't have a terrible, terrible attitude, and if, and if people had been watching the same people that I've been watching on Twitter, it wasn't the manager that got rid of, of, of John Joe Shelby. It was the Swansea board got rid of him because of his attitude. They came out and said he has a terrible attitude and, yeah. a, and, he, and he's detrimental to the dressing room. Now, when, when you've got the board coming out, just, just I bet they would have given him away. They must be well, laughing Har- at bit. Harrigan said the same, didn't he, when he was at Liverpool? That, that's what I'm yeah. saying. He is a yeah. terrible... He is a te- and you get players like that. But he would have never fitted with the ethos of our club. He mm. can play brilliant. He will play the first two or three games brilliant for Newcastle, and they'll love him. And then he'll just turn into the same old, same old. And mm. then they'll bin him off like they do. It, it, well, you know, we have a lot of stuff going on. We're only three players... I, I think we're three players short. That's what I think. I think we're a, a, a creative midfielder. We are definite a top-class forward. I've been saying this, go back through our things, I've been saying it for nearly three years now. And I said it two years ago, that we needed to pay between fifty and 70,000 quid a week. This was back then for a forward, you know. And I, and I think we, we, we do need another centre-back. Well, yeah, and I think another thing that will come, but I don't think that's where the, uh, where the problem is at the moment, because I think both but Delaney spine, and Dan have been excellent. It's but I, I, yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, look, Kabai, Kabai needs... You know, I, I, look, I don't think we're going to sign another central midfielder. Um, I, well, I think pretty much Fardu said the only thing we're looking at is a forward at the moment. <laughs> but you never know what will, uh, what will pop up. But it's, it's a difficult situation to manage. We, we, I know that we got. We always forget as well. Everyone talks about the fact money's come into the club. Well, we've got uh, financial fair play to think about as well. And all the indications are that we're pretty close on on some of our limits, and we need to move people out as well. So that's always a, something worth contextualising when we talk about money. Uh, just to quickly mention, to, uh, Nick Philpott got in touch earlier on and said we need to try punch, take set pieces and put goodbye in the area. That's not a bad shout at mm. all. Punch is still very, very good from, from set plays. We've got a couple, he's got a couple of assists this season. Always puts in a, a dangerous ball. And again, you know, he scored a couple of cracking free kicks, and Kabai is the one who's, who's taken them all. Um, 
has Kabai scored a direct free kick? Come close, but I don't think he scored one, has he? No. Whereas, no. Um, whereas Punchin has, you know, um, when he's when he's taken them. Go on, Joe. Last bit on Punch. Just just one more thing, and and, and again, I, I don't want to rubbish him because you can see. I, I, I almost feel sorry for him. You can see it's definitely a, a definitely a mental thing for him, right? But we a few years back we had a player called Andre Moritz. He could lay a pass through. He was fantastic on the ball, but people said he was a luxury. Before that, we had uh, Darren Ambrose, yep. who could pick a pass, score a screamer. People said he was a luxury. For me, punch is a luxury. He is at the moment, yeah. but he's capable of contributing so much more than he does. No, no, does. no, no, but, 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 but so was Moritz yeah. and so was, so was Ambrose. And well, then, no, this I mean is my is, point. What is more I mean is they really didn't. In, I didn't really like Ambrose I don't know if he ever made a tackle in a Palace shirt but Punch has had games where he's done that where he's sort of dug in and done his defensive he's work he scored tw- the, the, the game the, the season that we drew 2-2 at Sheffield Wednesday he scored 22 goals that season yeah 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 I know yeah exactly well, uh, but that's what we need we not to say 22 so, we need sorry, a chaps. 15 mm-hmm. sorry chaps just one thing on punching I think Punch's attitude's actually really he read the article in the week about Pardew mentioning that he came into his office and just ask, you know, what, what he was doing wrong, you know, asking how he could improve himself as a player. And, you know, Pardew replied, you know, you're showing everything in training. You just, the mentality isn't there in match situations. And it's just yeah. one of those things, isn't but it? I think it's that's, just... That's the point where you just, are, you've got to ask the question. Um, and I've got someone calling up, so we we'll see if we can pop them straight on air if we can. Hello, is that... Hello? Hello? Oh, doesn't seem to have worked. Never mind. Um, sorry, going back to your point, Alex, which was... <laughs> Talking about, you know, mentally, he's just not there, is he, at the moment? But, you know, in training, Pardew said he's been performing very well. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, the point I was going to make is, uh, that, at which point does the manager say, OK, well, he's got an issue in match situations, I don't think he's doing anything wrong in training. At which point should a manager say... Well, okay. Well, let's let's take him out of the firing line. We've talked about it. He's done it with Wilf, and it and it works. Why isn't he doing it with Punching? That's the question, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, it's a it's a very strange situation for me. That's why I tried to explain it away earlier and say that it's just because of injuries and lack of options. But you know, it's um it's a difficult one. And and as Joe says, I do feel sorry for him as well. I, I and I think yeah. in a lot of lot of ways he's trying too hard to do to do things that he's not good at and he's not playing his natural game anymore. And I think the one game where he's played well recently against Southampton, his mind was focused on something else. He was focused on, you know, he'd had that conversation with Pardew. He was playing against his old team and I, I think it just took the, I wouldn't say took the pressure off, but it diverted it down, down a different route perhaps. Patrick? You know, one thing we don't get to see, Chris, is the behind the scenes, what happens at the training ground and you guys probably know that. NBC has that documentary on uh, over here now. Actually, on about an hour ago, I'm gonna watch it later on, and I think getting to watch that's gonna give us a good idea. What do you what happens on the training pitch? What happens behind the scenes? Because I know Punch is a very big spotlight in that mm. particular show, so we need to see like how he interacts with the other players, with the manager, etc. Because that's got to be one of the reasons why he gets picked. And obviously, like you said, there aren't any options right now, so that's probably another reason why he gets picked more than other players. Doesn't get dropped. Yeah. Um, let's try this caller again. They've tried. They're calling up. Hello. Hello. This is a disaster if you don't speak this time. Hello? He's there. <laughs> Silence. I oh, know who he is, I reckon. Uh, it's lucky we're not Matt Bianco, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. Well, there you go. Well, you can call us. I can't remember what the number is, but hlradio.net forward slash contact. But um, 
unfortunately, if you do call us, don't just be silent. That's the main thing because the point is, it's like it's like radio where you have to talk and that. So anyway, um, I suppose we're, we're getting towards the end of this, and um, I think it's time to have that sort of difficult discussion about who was man of the match. Um, because it, it, when you when you lose, actually, go on. You want to make a point on, on Ward, Joe? Before we do that, yeah, I, I, it's a valid point as well, and I've seen it on my timeline a few times. Mm. People are, people are starting to um, they're ignoring the fact that Ward's not been consistently good, and he hasn't. I know he scored the other day, but he he really is. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Maybe again, he was playing, you know, above his, you know. I don't. I really don't know. But he's, he's not been very good, um, and and to be honest, nor is Soare. I, I, I don't mm. understand this um, coming inside too much. You know, he's a left back, but they, the people attack us down the right hand side and do have the time to cross the ball, putting us under pressure. Mm. You know, well, our wing backs yeah. seem to be seem to be um, not playing very well at the moment. I, like oh. I said. I think we've got four or five players that are not on their game and it's affecting us badly. I think, I'm sure it'll turn around. But We've, we've had this, um, this in the past, actually, Joe, and I think it's a really good area to focus on in terms of how we play. I focused on the sort of offensive side of it earlier on, talking about Zaha and, and Punch being on the wings and us lacking a bit of pace in, that, in the way that's set up without Balassi in there. But you're right, also going, going the other way. Because we're... It's weird. We're you know a lot of a lot of our focus is on getting the ball wide and get trying to get the ball into the box. But funnily enough, the players who seem to get it in dangerous positions out wide seem to be tend to be the player we want in the middle. Um, so it's all it's all quite disjointed at the moment. But going back the other way, you're right. Ward for me, and he's, and he's kind of had this weakness the whole time. And I do feel a part of it is because we had Klein before him who never let anyone get past him. But Ward for me lets in too many crosses down his side. People get past him way too easy. But I, I do like the fact that he's getting more and more confident going forward and, and trying to overlap as well. And that's what teams have been doing against us. They've been overlapping fullbacks and pushing everyone back. And it really does negate us in, in, as an attacking force. But trying to do it back the other way, it does leave us open. But in any tactical system, you're always going to be left open somewhere because there's, there's no perfect system unless you stick everyone behind the ball to not concede. And even then, you know, it can still go wrong for you. Oh, you're making some noises, Alex. You got a view on this? Yeah, well, if you look back at that Chelsea game um, at Stamford Bridge, where you know our fullbacks were fantastic, you know Ward and Suarez overlapping um, with Sacco um, and Balassi and Zaha, and and I think that unpredictable nature is that you know not in the team at the moment, and that's something that releases the burden off our wingers, and you know it it utilizes you know likes of Suarez, you know really good crossing ability. All right, it hasn't been great recently, but he's, he's probably one of the best crossers of the ball in in our in our squad. So, doubt, you know, so we're, we're, you know, with, without without that those overlaps, you know, we're very one dimensional. Yeah, no, I think that's yeah. a very very fair point, and that's exactly it. I mean, once you say one dimensional, I, I say we're, we're very much one paced at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, and, and in our best work is when we get Zaha free, generally, in, in my view. But that, you know, that's something to work on, and again, it is um, you know a symptom of some bad luck in terms of injuries and suspensions at different times and that's that's why everyone feels we need to strengthen them we'll talk transfers in just a second uh last little bit from the chat room nick before we do the four yeah there's, there's um, a bit of a discussion uh just going back to the punch thing um we're talking about you know if, if uh here we go um if it's true about punch then clearly there's something wrong between training and match days john program said that as is saying i seriously consider swapping punch for much 
for a few games. Punch is too comfortable in the squad. He should be able to put himself in the groove if he's looking great in training. And yet, back to much. And a, a point from Boot, it is the manager, it's his job to make sure that they can transition from doing well in training to the match day. So a lot of it yeah, can be put on to Pardew. Yeah, of course it is. He, you know, it is is very much his responsibility, you know, to, to manage that situation. And like I say, maybe he hasn't got the necessary resources to do that at the moment, due, you know, due to some injuries and what have you. But that's... Well, no, he, he just says, sorry, son, you dropped. Lee, get in there, take his place. That's mm. all the resource you need. And then you've got, we've got, we've got these players out on loan. Jake well, I agree. would love to play for us. You know, we've, we've, we've got quality. We've got Kai Kai. You know, we're supposed to have a good squad. Okay, we could probably swap five or six of our squad to, to make it better. Mm. But, you know, what's the point of having a 25-man squad if you've got somebody who's not doing very well? Is, has he been ever present, Punction? I think he um, has, hasn't he? Near enough, yeah. I don't think he's... Actually, no, I don't think he's missed a game at all, has he? Yeah. So, no, but there you go. It's, um, you know, you, you, you've got to have competition for places and you've got to have people, you know, Punction needs to know that... that you know, okay, as as Joe says, it, it seems it's definitely a, a mental issue. But having someone come in and take his place is probably the only thing that hasn't happened and been tried to kind of arrest this this possibility. You know, this uh, this situation really. But there you go. Look, um, let's, let's pick our, our man of the match, um, such that it was. Um, in terms of who actually had a good game, thought the uh, the centre backs, you know, weren't their usual imperious selves. Although I think Damo. Damo did pretty well, but again, you know, when you conceded four goals, it's hard to give it to a defender. Um, I thought Wickham, Wickham, when he was on the pitch, did absolutely everything he possibly could. Uh, was certainly our best player of the first half, but, you know, he didn't play the full 90. I'm really struggling, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, so I'm going to put it over to, to you. Who do you think then, uh, um, Alex? Oh, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'll probably give it to Delaney. I think Delaney had the majority of our chances, didn't he? And... You know, I think if if his chance went in at the beginning of the game, it might have been a different afternoon for us. Well, the um, actually, go on, Nick. What about you? What do you think? Well, looking at both of the teams, I'd say it was that Guero. But um, (laughs) had to get that one in. Um, Wickham for me, just because he was everywhere. It's it's just a shame that he's not fully match fit, and it's it's ridiculous that we should be putting unfully fit. Not fully fit. I don't know what I'm saying. You know what I mean. Good work. Good work. But Thanks. Not yeah. not fit people in there. But yeah, Wickham Wickham wants to play. We we just need somebody to play off of Wickham. And and I think you know, going back to Gal, Gal and Wickham might might be interesting. Shamak just didn't seem to do anything. That dive from Shamak. That was what's happened awful. to Shamak? What has happened to Shamak? Well, he needs money games. Thirty one. Yeah, well, it's just it's the injuries do, do seem to have taken a toll. Whether he can get back to, to proper match fitness and contribute like he used to, uh, I, I'm not so sure now. Um, but hope, hopefully he does because again, he, he was one who would um, who would take punch and spot um, mm. if he was 100. percent Patrick, um, who was the best player there there for you? Yeah, it's very hard to pick anyone. I'm going to agree with actually with Nick. I thought Wickham coming back for a start in a while held the ball up where I had that cross obviously in for Damer early and just put himself about more than most players did yesterday so I think I'd give it to Wickham also the, uh, the Twitter poll that, we, that we've been running uh, the options were Connor Wickham Joe Ledley Wilf Zaha and nobody nobody was the runaway winner <laughs> <laughs> so I think that tells the story um, alright let's leave, let's leave that there we've got some forward reviews coming right up and when we come back um, 
We'll be doing the ultimate 25-man squad and we'll finish with a bit of transfer chat. So coming up right now is hopefully a jingle for the ultimate 25-man squad. Homesdale Radio, Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. net. Four Word Reviews. Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag Four Word Review to add whole radio. <coughs> at tweeting now. Wasted our great start. At Kevin Lyon 72, Crystal Palace is dry January. At PTSD underscore days, please drop punch FFF. That's not foul words, you muppet. Charlie Steer. Losing becomes a habit. David Osborne. Buy a decent striker and then about eight exclamation marks. Seely Fairly. Things will it only get better. Right. Unacceptable. At the Bradders 83. Out of our death. Seriously? Wow. Lisa at Troop. Palace are snow joke. Oi, I do. <laughs> I like that one. It's very good. Glenn Fossey, January pants wetting increases. <laughs> Mark Hall, Palace stutter, Twitter melts. At Lawrence underscore Wolf, please keep it calm, people. At Darren Lowry, it would have been Darren had he had two hours. Errors ruin decent performance. Uh, Ian Lyons, we need more creativity. John Shuttlewood, get Murray on loan. <laughs> yeah, Al Murray, the pub landlord. Jimmy Dawes, the Lassie Gale back then. Rog, Ginger Rock Pierce, top half premier. Still. Why did you say that like William Shepard? Time Palace 25 man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. Right, it's time to choose in or bin. Andy Gray is the one up for debate, suggested by the listeners uh, for one of the spots available in the Ultimate 25 man squad. And that uh, currently sits at the following In goalkeepers, we have Nigel Martin and John Jackson. In defence, there are Scott Dan, uh, Kenny Sansom, Eric Young, and Nathaniel Klein. Midfield contains Zaha, Taylor, Rogers, and Thomas. Up front, we've got Wright, Johnson, Bright, and Friedman. Controversial on that one. Uh, and in the bin, Michael Hughes and Simon Rogers. So Andy Gray up for debate, debate today. I believe we've got a couple of uh, couple of clips lined up for that. Actually, um, we'll we'll come back to that later on. We'll end with a clip before we uh, reveal the results of in or bin. So let's just have a very very quick chat about Andy Gray in general. My memories of, uh, of Gray, obviously he started as a, as a striker for Palace. Um, but uh, when he moved into midfield, that's where he, he excelled for us. Um, all, a, lot of, uh, a lot of power in there, played brilliantly alongside, uh, alongside Thomas and various other people in that, uh, in that position and was just an absolute powerhouse. Great goal threat, great passing, great movement and just an absolute brick something house in there. So um, really good memories of him and quite rightly, he was um, voted into the Centenary squad. So I think this is a bit of a no-brainer, that. But does everyone agree? I wonder. Let's start with you, Patrick. Yeah, I love him as a player. A uh, big part of that team with Wright and Bright. Uh, one of my best memories of him is the um, FA Cup semi-final. 
Um, he just played so well in that game, uh, was all over the place, helped set up a goal, you know, scored, etc. I mean, it's just great to have him in that side. And um, just a player I wish we had in our side today. You don't get many midfielders who put himself about and can score goals from anywhere on the pitch. So just a player I really, really like watching during, you know, early 90s. Yeah, no, absolutely top class. Uh, Alex, your, did you, did you uh, see Andy Gray play? Well, I think the only times I've seen Andy Gray play have been in, you know, the Centenary DVD, you know, obviously clips on YouTube, and he just looked like a great all-round midfielder and a player that I think would probably excel in the modern game. Probably one of the few players, you know, if you're looking back, who'd probably do a really good job now in this in this current side. And, you know, he's strong, competitive, I mean, obviously got got an England call up as well. And I think probably if we were in Europe after you know finishing thirds, we probably would have got more caps. He probably got more exposure, and he probably would have been a much more of a household name. I think it was a bit unfortunate, but yeah, definitely an in for me and, and a, a fantastic player uh, for the history of this club. Yeah, there you go, Joe. You've uh, pretty much said uh, in end of. What's your views on on Andy Gray as a player? Fantastic! Just a really fantastic box-to-box player who was, who was, obviously, I loved to tackle back in the days when you could tackle. I mean, he'd, mm. have, he'd have absolutely people would have had four years out with some of his tackles. Um, some of these people are throwing themselves about now. Um, but I also love the fact that he didn't really do gracious free kicks. You know, just a little tap sideways, wallop. Mash, yeah. You wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have wanted to be in the wall when he was running up. Um, I remember having me two quid, two quid on him to score first goal. It was always five or six to one. Always, always easy money, really. But uh, yeah, no, I liked him. I liked him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely top player. Nick? An excellent player who who went to non-league, didn't he? And then came back to us. Um, I, just looking at his wiki page, just a question for you, just to come out of Andy Gray. He played for Corinthian Casuals in the 80s. Now, were there hooligans, the Corinthian Casuals, Casuals? No, right, very thought. good. Yeah. No, but um, um, excellent player. One of those players who did really well at Palace, didn't do as well anywhere else, because um, he went to Tottenham, didn't he, I think, and, and didn't set the world alight there. Um, he was a big, big part of the team, Uh that, that saw us finishing third that time. And I don't think we'd have done as... We, we talk about um, Wright and Bright, but actually he was he was the engine of that team. Whether I in him or not, how many places have we got left for midfielders? Because I've got, I've got to consider who, who he's up against. Because well, I, I think Lombardo would, would oust him. Just for well, really, we've got, we've got probably another three central midfielders we can stick in after this, so... See, I'm um, thinking of Lombardo, I'm thinking of Jerry well, Murphy. Well, really, but yeah, yeah. Um, Jerry Murphy would be in there for me. I'm sure he'd be in there for Jell as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to be hissing feet in everywhere for Yanin. No, so you got to think: will Will Jerry Murphy get in if we put Andy <laughs> Gray in? And it and it'll be between those two. <sighs> Come back to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Us. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> no. Um. The um. The the, the votes going a uh, a very. Um, predictable way as well i think but let's um let's have a quick um uh, listen to um our first involvement with andy gray on the show we did a full interview with him but um this was the first time that uh, i interacted <laughs> with andy gray i hate i hate this so much but go on let's hear that clip um sorry hi Gola. how are you <laughs> yeah good <laughs> good Who's, yeah. what's your name andy gray hello andy 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Andy Gray? The Andy Gray? <laughs> the Andy Gray, yeah. <laughs> um, what, like the one that played for Palace? Yeah, the one who did play for Palace. All right. Okay, what have you got to say, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> that could have been our Matt Bianco moment. <laughs> You're all a bunch of <laughs> That went well Do you know what, I'm not being funny But that actually, I, I think that was him he seemed, uh, he seemed a little reluctant to go any further than telling us who he was Yeah, no, he's, he's, um, that is his, it's his character But I, th- I actually think that was him All but right. never, never mind Maybe talk to him another day Yeah, but uh, yeah when he's a bit more awake. Hello, right, let's find out. Oh, no, uh, hello, 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 who's that? Yeah, it's Andy again. Oh, hello, Andy, sorry, mate. How you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you go, you go ahead, mate. What you got What you got to say for us? Yeah, I'm just really surprised that um, they let Pulis go today. And um, it's just going to be hard work from now. No, because it's just going to be the same recycled managers. I mean, who's lucky to get Pulis... Um, at the time, and um, the timing was right. But now, if they bring Malky Mackay in, I think it's a bad move. Is that, uh, that someone you think could quite conceivably come in? What would work? There you go, Maybe sorry. Time, Palace 25 man squad. <laughs> Very good prediction there. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Very good prediction there that Malky Mackay would have been a disaster. I was going to say, he was bang on, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He usually is, to be fair. You know, obviously, we did a follow-up interview with that. It was really interesting. He talked a lot about the uh, the regrets he had leaving Palace to go on to um, well, to, to, to Spurs. Spurs, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, and he, yeah re- he had a lot. Same regrets. It. Regrets. It was nearly bitter, wasn't it? it yeah, was... yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. And it, but I, I really loved hearing that side of it. You know, you always talk to, you talk to a lot of ex-players and you know they're all very positive and talk about their careers in a very very you know light way but Andy wasn't afraid to talk about oh, you know the yeah. fact he made mistakes and refreshingly honest and you know a top fella as well for um for joining us and as you can imagine I didn't realize it was him when he phoned up <laughs> in during the start of that clip <laughs> um and every time I hear that I die a little inside <laughs> you could actually you could actually see you going red almost yeah. in, in your head yeah. it was and the yeah. fact that he came on to do an interview says speaks volumes about him, doesn't it? After after that debacle, yeah, too. Right. Yeah, but it was no, a random it's... call, and we used to allow random people to ring us up. Well, we still do, as we proved earlier on today. Yeah. They just don't speak. No, the amount of grief we've got on Twitter today is absolutely unbelievable. From people who we don't... we got well, you we. in particular, but I, just, I don't know what's wrong with people. You know, lose a few games and they have to start sticking a knife into anyone they can. Exactly. It's, it's tragic, really, but. You know, rise above and all that kind of business. Absolutely. Just let the other few thousand people who do engage with us in the right way um, enjoy the show. So, not many to sound bitter or anything like that. I've had a think, Chris. Mm. Yeah. In. I'm going to in. in. You're going yeah. to in. Good, yeah. good. But we better in Jerry Murphy as well, Patrick. Not uh, going to happen. I saw him live from the youth team up, and I liked him, but he's not a I was 25 player. He's just not. <laughs> But I respect the fact that you and uh, Jerry Murphy. All oh, right, well, we're talking about Andy Gray. Come on. Yeah, uh, Andy, Andy Gray's definitely in. No in doubt. Um, Joe, you going to go with an in? Absolutely. Good, good. Alex? Yeah, that was an in. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, that's yeah, name for me. You were on mute there, weren't you? That yeah, was, I was, that yeah. was... <laughs> <laughs> um, Who haven't I asked? Anyone? The listeners. The listeners. The listeners have gone with an in. It was actually closer than I thought it was going to be, but it was, um, it was actually by one vote in the end. But uh, there you go. Uh, and it's an in from me as well. So fairly comprehensive in for Andy Gray, and, uh, and rightly so as well. Can, okay, I ask a, can I ask a hypothetical question? Because we're talking yeah. about uh, Andy Gray and Wright and Bright and, that, and the team of that era. Had they stayed together, how far would we have gone, do you think? It's it's a really difficult one, isn't it? It was an it was an interesting time football back then. Um, you know, you think about the fact that it was it was a peri- the period of dominance that started with, with you know Man United's dominance started in you know in the prem- in well I say the Premier League in the top division, Division One initially, and then then on to the Premier League. You know, they dominated stuff at the time. You got the occasional win uh, of the league. You know, Blackburn, Leeds won it. You know, and, and kind mm. of others, but. But basically, it was all about Man United, and you do wonder whether we would have made any difference to that. We, you know, very nearly did in the FA Cup, of course. But um, I don't know. I, again, football, football back then, as you know, in comparison to now, everything has moved on so much, and I don't know whether that that team could have could have achieved the same results. But when you look back on it, and you look at the individuals, um, and not even thinking about that collective team spirit and togetherness that, that took them through as individuals they were phenomenal people and so many of them have gone on to to careers either at management coaching and media and stuff like that really strong personalities and it's it's an absolute masterclass in how to assemble a squad that works you know and that everyone just gets the best out of each other it really is so yeah that was that was couples lot wasn't it they were all, yeah, they yeah. Were all couples protégés there you are that's a good word protégés of couple and they've all done well and they've all they've all learned off of couple which shows what a fantastic manager couple was would couple be our manager for in or being we're, we're going to do the manager one day aren't we if we've got uh, enough spare um shows because we're, we're <laughs> sort of running out of shows against places we'll have to do a couple of extra ones i don't know something like that anyway but um yeah. no very very um, interesting question and it's not one that's very easy to answer it's something I think people will keep coming back to I really do but, um, but there you go so um, yeah it's, it's a, look we're in a difficult period I think at the moment that, that we, we're, um, we've been struggling on the pitch obviously there's a lot of uh, tension and frustration around the fan base and a lot of that comes down to the transfer window so we'll spend a little bit of time before we end the show talking about that and if I can start with uh, Charlie Austin which we started talking about earlier Joe, um we had a little I'll say the the, the panel I'll say the panel the entire sort of uh, show presenting staff had a some very split sort of almost 50-50 kind of argument at the start in, through the course of the week um, I'm in the camp that is very, very glad we didn't sign Austin uh, but on the assumption that we'll have a better target because um, I don't feel Austin is the right player for us I saw him when he you know you have to judge people on how they play and I thought when he played up front on his own against us for QPR um, particularly the game against Sellers Park I think that sticks in my memory he was absolutely awful really struggled uh, being isolated and the way we play at the moment you know you need someone like Wickham does you can hold the ball up properly and, and do that job but I understand that people um, are looking at the way things are at the moment and say we need a goal score. We need someone to put the ball in the net, and he certainly does that. Uh, Nick, you first. Yeah, the, the, it comes back to that that big word that the top teams have got that we need if we're going to progress, and it's consistency. And if you've got a player who's only going to play one well one game out of four or whatever, like Terap did for for QPR, um, I think we we need somebody 
proven who can who can do the business. And if he's not going to do, I, you don't expect him to score every game, but you 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 got a striker. Uh, uh, putting the ball in a goal striker it's got to be once every two games Wickham isn't that type of player so I'm not going to slate him for that but mm. if, if you want an out and out forward that's going to get the ball in the onion bag then then not him yeah yeah, I think that's yeah but it's a difficult one isn't it because when it's when it was 12 million it's a lot easier to argue but when it's 4 million pounds you know I can kind of see where the, where the annoyance comes from uh, Patrick yeah, I get what people are saying, I and mean, we had argument or discussion yesterday on Twitter about about Austin. But the thing about him is that well, I'm not sure he really wanted to come here besides the you know the extra money. And the second thing is, I don't think our style of play fits how Austin plays. I mean, you look at Austin; he's a bit of a goal poacher, and we just don't create enough chances for a player like that. I mean, he's going to be sitting in there waiting for chances that crosses that we don't necessarily put in and that kind of stuff. And I don't know if it's going to work for us. And and for me, we just Wickham's a better fit from the way that we play because he holds the ball up. Obviously, we, you know, Nick mentioned the, the, the injury factor. And, I, and if you look at the injuries, actually, Wickham has not been injured up to, until this year. He missed 10 games his whole career prior to this year. He's missed 10 this year for Palace. So it's a recent thing. Whereas with, with um, Austin, you're worried about his knees. And I believe he has a bad hamstring also. So for me, to spend that kind of money on Austin and have him not play for us, it'd be just as bad as having, having Wickham. But again, it's all about style of play. And I think our style of play really fits a Wickham-type player more than bring Austin in. So I was never a big fan of Austin despite the fact he had a phenomenal scoring record. So that's why I kind of stand on the Austin issue. I mean, you've, all, you've got the, the factors um, of, you know, that have been commented upon, as, as Joe pointed out, by, uh, by David Gold, for one, about his, um, his injury situation with regards, you know, the exactly. knee injuries. Yeah. But you've also got the fact that he's had a lot of hamstring injuries as well. And we've already got Shamak on the books, <laughs> who's got yeah. detachable hamstrings. And it's, you know, do we want to it's all very well, you know, signing a goal scorer. But if it's, a, if it's a goal scorer who spends more time on, you know, the treatment table than, than on the pitch, then we haven't really solved anything. And bearing in mind, you've got a 25-man squad. You can't really... It's such a key time and a key, you know, a, a key signing to make. What do you do? So, uh, last bit on Austin, Alex? Yeah, well, I, I agree with Patrick. And I think going after the other players that we've linked to should be more of a priority. You know, the Batishwai, Zaza... You know, players like that, the players that are imposing and can play in our, our type of, of system. And I think, you know, like like Patrick says, he's more of a of a, goal, a goal getter, isn't he? He's more of a, a player that, similar to a Dwight Girl type of player, you know, making, getting a, a, a pinching a goal out of, no, out of nowhere. And I think we, he wouldn't suit our system and we need to, you know, set our targets a little bit higher. Um, you know, we have to, you know, maybe yeah, take yeah. risks. Maybe take, maybe take risks and, Splash out on a big striker, but I think with Austin, there's a lot of risks associated to the transfer that I, it would it should be a no go for me. Hmm. Um, you say? Did you say it's a no go? Oh, look, it's a no go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that, and you know, it's about context, isn't it? You think about the fact that um, you know, I'm saying, and well, most of us seem to be saying that you know, Austin wasn't the right signing for us anyway, even at four million quid. Right. But um, when we look back at, at the fact, we, well, we look at that, we're rejecting him. Last transfer window, we signed um, Andrew Johnson mm-hmm. and Kevin Doyle. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you, again, when you contextualise it, are we being idiots for saying that we shouldn't have been in for Austin? Potentially, potentially we are. Nick? John, the programme said in the chat room, wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Remember that for next week, people. Um, it's our birthday show next week, isn't it? Just on the yeah, side. probably. Um, he didn't want to come here, Charlie Austin that is. Everything points to that. We want players who want to play for Palace. 
You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make him drink. Good point. Yeah, I'd say I, I, I had, well, certainly had different in the summer, but clearly something had been arranged, um, you know, for the for the move to Southampton must have been, you know, during the course of the, the first half of the season because um, that's, that's done very, very quick, um, you know, once the window opened. Again, I think people are getting, that's, that's another thing to talk about in the transfer window, the fact we haven't seen any action yet. But um, Nick Philpott's obviously raising, raising the question that uh, one player who is definitely a target for us, and that's, that's Emmanuel Adebayor. Um, he's in a, in a group of strikers that we're looking at, according to Pardew, and Pardew's comments sort of extended after that interview to talk about the fact that he believes that he's a player he could motivate. But, you know, he hasn't played first-team football for a while, probably take a while to get up speed, and we're, we'd be signing a, a player of undoubted ability in class. But He'd have put the ball away if he, if he was in Dan's position on Saturday. Sorry, mm-hmm. he'd, have, he'd have made sure that went in. Yeah, no, I, you know... It was Delaney, not Dan. Delaney. Well, you know Quite, what I mean. Well yeah. corrected, yeah. Um, <laughs> go on, Joe, let's, uh, let's have your, your views. Uh, well, for, I, I want to go back to the Austin situation okay. going to Southampton. I, I'm sure that's going to interfere with Pella, really, because I know he's a sort of in and out of the team. Um, Strong I, suggestion he's leaving, I think. Well, so I, I'd like... I, I like him. I really mm. do. I just think he's been very unlucky as a striker. Um, at Southampton I think he would definitely suit us he holds the ball up well but he also knows, knows where the goal is um, so um, but the other thing is yeah. going on to uh, Oldie Bayor um, I, I think if we can go back to about two years ago when I said what about him when we first got in the Premier League and mm-hmm. you lot poured all sorts of scorn on me mm-hmm. and uh, and now and now we're looking at him you know, now he's 52, we're looking at him. <laughs> he's, 30, he's 32, mate. He's 32, he's younger than all of us. Yeah. I, I heard in the week somebody mentioning Nicholas Bentner as well. What bloody hell is all that about? Lord Bentner, oh. yeah, coming to us. Anyway, oh, people but, but, eating scornflakes today, but... I, I, <laughs> I, um, I, would be, I would be surprised... Listen, I, I hate, I really hate doing this because it, it, it sounds like it's just a, like a repetitive thing because someone's really meant. But if we're going to be start game for him, we we sh- really should have kept Murray. No, God, no. Uh, six I'm, months. Right, six I'm, months. If yeah, we have him for half a season, Joe, and and he just tides us over. I, 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 again, I had, I had this conversation on the way home about Adebayo, and I said I, I think for the first, you know, for the first month, I think he'd be fantastic. He has obviously got. St- something you know he's, he's just a journeyman footballer and it tells you everything that you want to know about him that he just was, has not stayed at a club for years and years so he just flits about I think he gets bored I think he just likes a challenge maybe it'd be a challenge for us and, and give us what we need on a very short you know if we offer him a two-year deal he keeps you know we we, we say to survive but we stay in the Premier League this year it will matter to pay him off next year. Every game's worth ten or eleven million quid. You know, we can we can be that blase. It would then give us a chance to, to go through the rest of the year trying to find someone. Um, you know, trying to find someone really you, you've got to lure these people in. That's the thing. I can see Tom in our chat saying two years, Gel's had a knock to the head. But you just need to give him give him a chance and then just pay him off. You know, we all know that if you sign a two year contract so then the Maru is if you get sacked or you leave before and you never get paid up the whole two years. It was a deal done. So, but I think, you know, maybe it would be good for us. But I, I, for me, I think that Zaza, I, I know that he wants to get back into the Italy squad for, 
for the Euros 2016, he'd be hungry, dying to score goals. Mm. He'd be trying to do everything on his own. And you would see he is quality no matter what. He is absolute quality. Mm. And I I'm think sure. he spearhead any sort of, you know, he would look to be going near post, not just think, oh, I might go near post, I might just get in the middle and see, you know, he would be looking and Peter, I'm sure Wilf and Yannick would, would love to play with someone like that who is, who is utter quality and like I said, if it, if it means that we've got to spend money, listen for once, for once we need to speculate to accumulate now I know we've sort of done it with, with uh, Kabai but we need to speculate to accumulate with a centre forward we've never been burnt really badly and I think if if we were to pay him, you know, is he worth eighty? Is Jermaine Do- is Jermaine Defoe's worth eighty five grand a week? I don't, I don't know where we have to go to, but I do, but I do feel that we need to look abroad. I, I think we can yeah. transfer Sterling's into in Sterling into Euros. I think, you know, one hundred and twenty thousand Euros a week gets us a gets us. I honestly think gets us a top five to seven. Um, uh, uh, Sierra striker, I really do. I think ninety thousand sterling, eighty thousand sterling is going to get us a top striker. That, that's my personal view on it. And again, but I've been saying that for ages. Yeah, that is, it's a really, it's a difficult one. The players, have, you know, you, you, we always talk about this in a, in a sort of a general sense, and we say, oh, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. The players have got to be out there, and they've got to be willing. You know, my hope is that they are. Um, you know, there's all sorts we could talk about the transfer window. Did we miss out on Shelby? You know, should we be looking at a centre back now? All those kinds of things. So it's very, very tough to um, to actually sort of you know pinpoint what the action should be. We're, we're linked with a lot of strikers. We're told that there's a pool that we're looking at. If it ends up being added by your, you know, I have to go back to what you're saying about Murray. And if I'm living in a world where where Adebayor at 32 is worse than Glenn Murray, Murray at 32. Then, then it's not a world I want to live in, really. And I, I absolutely, absolutely adore Glenn Murray for what he did at Palace. He's an absolute hero. He'll, you know, I'll always give him a round of applause and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I couldn't in any... I'm not on any planet where, where I think that the ability is, is comparable there. Having said that, I understand the reservations of Edward in that he hasn't played for a long time. So, um, you know, look... He's, he's got a personal trainer. He's, he's been training hard. And he's actually... All this stuff about him being no good, he's got a point to prove. If somebody was turning around telling me I was no good, I'd, I'd be damn sure that I'd, I'd stick two fingers up and say, we'll have that then. Yeah, look, you know I'm one, one in two goal-scoring record at the top division. So we'll see. It's, you know, I don't think there's any... Um, any point debating it further I think I think it's just a wait and see transfer window as it often is for us I feel the frustration is going to get to an absolute boiling point if social media is anything to judge by today then um, mm. you know we might have to Chris. stop the show for a few weeks to stop all the abuse I tell you mm. Chris what, yeah. what, 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 what do you make of those rumours that a parish has spotted in Marseille um, um, well Pardew said he, he said he wasn't there for, for signing a player whether you believe that or not you don't I, I don't know but um, but Didn't that was Paris that was... tweet himself that he was in south of France. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. I think he did. But um, but no, Pardew said he he was he wasn't there to look at a player, and that's that's what he said. But mm. again, you have to take all these things with a pinch of salt. I think so. There you go. Look, let's uh, let's leave, leave it there for today. We've uh, we've done an hour and forty five. That's not too bad at all. Um, and I'm sure this uh, these types of discussions will be. Um, very much the factor of the show for the next few weeks. We um, should, if uh, if the editing gets done, we've done. I think Mikey's done a fair bit of it. We should have a show 
coming up that we recorded bits over Christmas and a bit of a bit of a best of there for our birthday. Other than that, we'll be back next week at 7 p.m. So thank you to Mikey and Tom for producing, to Alex, to Patrick, to Nick and to Joel for joining me today, and to everyone who listened, even those of you who have been less than uh, pleasant about it for some reason <laughs> on Twitter today. Um, I'm, I, I'm being polite, other than calling everyone pricks earlier on. So uh, I'm going to leave my uh, my own interaction with those people as... Uh, you know, as, as politeness and, um, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, as are we. See you next week. Bye now. Bye. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.